0: Hello, welcome back to Anime on the Sea to Sky. It has been getting quite warm as of late, and unfortunately, with the majority of the heat that's been ramping up across the entire continent, we are jumping ourselves back into the middle of forest fire season, as we've already been numering a couple of them down the west coast in between B.C., Washington, Oregon. But the biggest one that was a surprise to me, which ended up completely showering the entire east coast with a layer of smoke was going down through Halifax and Nova Scotia, and it's just been completely ravaging the entire countryside over to the end that there have been way too many people set on evacuation orders inside the small province on the coast, and things have been thankfully toning down and getting slightly under control, so at least to that point there's going to be more opportunities to refresh or rebuild but unfortunately there's going to be quite a while as this is going to can- be continuing throughout the entire next set of months but outside of that it is with a heavy heart that i can definitely say that the mainline series of ted lasso has finally come to a conclusion considering that i didn't necessarily jump into the show until about halfway through season two where everybody was recommending it but considering that it was already an apple tv plus in the midst of me jumping in between four to five streaming services i gave it a little bit of time and distance before I finally ended up biting the bullet and going through and taking a chance, considering how overwhelmingly positive people have been about the show and about the moods, mentality that everybody was going through. And to be fair, none of it disappointed. Honestly, it was very rare for something to be a dramedy that was this well written and put together and collaborated between everybody else on both the writing team and the the actors who were playing pitch-perfect pieces of their roles throughout the entire production, considering that uh, one of the showrunners, Brett Goldstein, was just undoubtedly Roy Kent and will be a legend, uh, continuing throughout wherever the series goes. And of course, how he was able to conclude the show after juggling so many roles is honestly a miracle. Everybody on this cast, everybody on this writing team, everybody in the production side of things made this Lightning in a Bottle become just an overwhelming beacon of joy and positivity and laughs and cries and basically everything else that you would expect out of good television. And now that it has been concluded after three seasons, if you still haven't had the opportunity to go and give it a watch, I would give it my utmost recommendations. Yes, it is a soccer slash football show, and yes, there are a couple of games that are going to be played on the pitch, but you don't need to know a single thing, just like Ted Lasso leading into this show to find any modicum of enjoyment out of it. Honestly, you'll get more than what you've asked for. And honestly, you'll get more than anything that you would have ever expected about a show taking an American football coach and throwing it into a European Premier League setting where every writing on the wall points to this kind of a decision and this kind of a plot being an absolute failure. It couldn't be more further from the truth. And then video game-wise, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom is still making gangbusters, especially when it comes to how much they've been selling over the past couple of weeks. For me, I finally started my journey through Fire Emblem Engage, and it is just as lackluster and familiar and entertaining as it could be, considering that it's just... Fire Emblem has never been one to give the priority to its story, considering that it's mostly just... A way to have a lot of medieval fantasy with dragons and wyverns and a really big lords, knights, and magic sort of setting. But to see how, even though it's been 11 years since Fire Emblem Awakening's release, considering that the... It, it's tough to pinpoint it. I'm basically halfway through the story at this point, and how anime this game is, is both a shock and an unsurprising twist... As it is, considering that I knew exactly what the demographic of this game was going to be for, and that is definitely through people who have played the mobile game Fire Emblem Heroes, and considering how well that formula has gone with the anime style, both writing, character design, and layouts of the majority of the characters that they've been able to remaster and readapt into the modern day, it gives me no surprise that this is basically a very, very thinly veiled and loosely put together anime plot that goes through the main line of the story and like i said before fire emblem has never been prioritized on its story it is more like the characters that revolve and interact inside of this world and that's where you can find the diamonds in the rough that goes through basically every single story inside of fire emblem is as bare bones as it can get with honestly the only major storytelling props i can give to any of the games would probably just go to fe7 blazing sword the one with Ellawood, lynn and hector but how derivative every single other story inside a fire emblem has been outside the surprises that uh, the handful of surprises that you can get inside the original couple of games most of it just relies on you trying to engage and get attached to the characters that revolve around this very derivative world and so far, the mechanics of the game are kind of like a mitchmatch between every single other game that has come before it. And I'm getting more and more engaged as the game goes on, but oh boy. <laughs> they they took the most common elements of every single story writing piece inside of the previous Firebloom games, and they made it the most milk toast drama that you could ever imagine. So it's just whenever there is something overly dramatic happening inside of this story, I can only just laugh at how bare bones and just how hollow all of it feels. But that is what is expected on modern Fire Emblem games. Even though I do give a couple of props to Three Houses, everything else is more just derivative and hilarious. But you don't play Fire Emblem from the story, you play it for the characters. So, I'm curious to see what support conversations I'm going to be getting throughout the course of this game and hopefully I'm going to be able to find a couple shrivels of character building that would actually make for an interesting piece inside of this world. And considering that we're in the middle of the season, there's not necessarily much because we know what's going to be coming out in the next season as we're wrapping up the stuff that has been going on through the spring 2023 season. The only major piece that I'm kind of interested in over the past two weeks is the fact that the crew behind Pompo the Cinephile are going to reunite together and create a new film under Studio Clap. And Pompo was a honestly really good film that came out back in 2021. At least for Japan, we ended up getting it in 2022 out in North America. Although, considering what they were able to accomplish with just those pieces and make a story about the production of a film, regardless of the cast that was surrounding it, it honestly did a really good job. Minus the final dramatic pieces that they that they decided to put into the third act, but outside of that, the core of the story was there, and the passion that was put not only in the characters but also the people inside the production as well, was definitely felt. And it was probably one of my more enjoyable experiences last year. Jeez, oh, even though most of this has been going through, where it's like, okay, well, let's go through uh, international television. Okay, let's go to video games. Okay, I'm going to give you a sliver of at least some news related to anime, but outside of that, we're going to go back to the international side of things. But before that will at least make a stop by Japan at least to reminisce on what the initial season of Star Wars Visions Anthology was, considering that at least over the past couple of months, it's been nice to get reacquainted with the world as a whole with how phenomenal Andor was, and even though Season 3 of Mandalorian was a mixed bag, I still enjoyed it for the most part. And now, probably the final piece of Star Wars media that I'm going to consume in a while until I finally decide to go back and re-watch The Clone Wars is the Visions anthology that they released back on May 4th. Now, before I get into the second season, I guess I'll just go back and revisit A couple of the pieces of the original one, considering that the first anthology that they did for Visions was just all exclusively Japanese anime studios. The majority of these were basically held in-house, and they were able to come up with nine different episodes on various topics, on various Jedi, on various Sith, on various parts of the world. Considering that this is a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars is probably one of the most creatively free worlds that you could imagine to try and create a story of your own. Although the ones that didn't really get to me, which, going through the majority of these, which, going into these batches of nine episodes, for me, I just thought it was easier for me to just put the three. But considering that these are batches of nine episodes, that to me, the easiest thing for, to do was to put them in batches of three, where it would just be the bottom, the middle, and the top, the cream of the crop, just to at least make it a little easier to sort. At least in the bottom, uh, at least of the first season... You know, The Elder done by Studio Trigger, Tatooine Tatooine Rhapsody done by Studio Colorido, and 2B1 uh, done by Science Saru. Those are probably the ones that I got the least out of, where you could color me shocked that uh, Trigger ended up getting two because The Elder didn't seem like a Trigger production at all. It was just a basic bare-bones Jedi vs. Sith story. Whereas if you go through the middle, you end up getting The Village by Kinema Citrus, you get Akakiri by Sidesaru again. And then for me, it was really, I don't know, it was just a little too over the top, even though that is exactly what Hiroki Imaishi is known for, but The Twins was probably just very close to number four or three to that point. Because it's just, if you've got... A story that revolves around putting a ky an oversized kyber crystal inside of a lightsaber and cutting a Star Destroyer in half, you're going to get points on the board regardless of whatever else happens inside of that story. But then for the top three, probably just goes to Lapinocho, considering that there's not a lot that I know from Geno Studio, but Lapinocho the score Family interactions I didn't really care for too much, but the world and the detail that they're able to sprinkle into the short amount of time that they have, I would love to see another story revolving around those characters inside of their internal struggles, but also inside of the planet and the worlds that they inhabit. The exact same thing goes with The Ninth Jedi. It's a very common theme among all three of these um, top short episodes that I would like to see more of these worlds. I would like to see this expanded upon if they ever decide to give them the green light for a future iteration. Considering that the intrigue and the build-up and the overall payoff that they're able to get inside of the Ninth Jedi was more than most of the productions inside of this anthology did. But the absolute best that I ended up getting to it, which the only negative thing I can say about it is that it is the first episode of the anthology And nothing came close to topping it afterwards, which was The Duel by Kamikaze Doga. Because when you think of what inspired George Lucas down to its core, and then you just gave it a little bit of his sensibilities and his world building, The Duel is the one that you go to, where it is a wandering ronin samurai story revolving around the Sith and the warriors that have been going through across a ravaged war-torn land... And not only do they have the rule of cool, not only do they have phenomenal pieces of choreography and fighting and micro-conflicts that happen in between the rest of the story, it's just such a perfect amalgamation of every idea that Star Wars was inspired by and what Star Wars could be moving forward. So if you don't need to watch any of the anthology series, then at the very least, just go watch The Duel, either on Disney+, Plus or YouTube, or whichever it is, because that's honestly, as a short film on its own, it is miles above most of what you'd be able to find nowadays now in terms of the most recent one that we ended up getting this was interesting considering that none of these it's kind of the same deal none of these even came close to matching the duel but there were interesting ideas thrown about by all of these different studios and it was a lot more varied especially considering that You basically ended up getting the Star Wars anime anthology in the first season, but the second season you went worldwide. You had different studios across seven different countries and five different continents to come together and create their own unique stories, regardless of the medium of animation or regardless of what technique, 2D or 3D or stop motion. You could find it all inside of this anthology. But I guess to get the handful of pieces out of the way towards the bottom, that would probably go towards uh, The Sith, The Pit, and In the Stars. So The Sith was done by Studio El is a Spanish studio that was built from ex-members of Disney Pixar. And at this point, they basically only got a handful of short films and child TV shows to their name. And there wasn't really a lot. I would... S- I'd imagine that a lot of people are going to dig this art style, but for me, it just didn't fit well, or it just didn't really get me invested. The vistas and once they end up going out onto the planet was absolutely insane, but basically the dynamic between the only three, four, five characters, I guess? I can't even remember if they were robots or if they were actual bounty hunters, but none of it really got me invested through the rest of it, Mm -hmm. and even though all they can do is give a phenomenal... And so considering that they have an incredibly unique art style, that's not really going to get me too invested through the rest of this. Uh, Now, Dart Shatyo ended up doing The Pit, and they are a Tokyo-based animation studio that have mostly been doing, same deal, short films and music videos inside of the animated style, and because they're based in Tokyo, they've been doing second unit direction and key animation for a handful of other anime series depending on who they need so i mean they've done work on overlord they've done work on jojo's part 5 they've done work on fire force and they did work on attack on titan's fourth season so they have a which definitely goes through to the style because the 2d that they're able to go through and use for this episode didn't really stand out to me too much even though it is a pretty tragic and down in the dump story with a message of hope emblemating through the end of the episode. Not same deal, nothing really stood out as it was just another basic story against the Empire. So nothing too remarkable coming out of this one, although their music video that they did with The weekend, pretty good. Uh, but heading over to the other side of the world, we end up getting a episode done by Punko Robot, who's based in Chile, and the majority of the stuff that they've done can be all over the place because they are good with stop motion they're good with 3d they're good with 2d they have different series and short films and projects and just stuff that at the very least they are all across the board so they could have done it in any style but i'm kind of surprised that they ended up doing it in stop motion i do like what they were able to do with the medium of the animation that they were given. I just didn't really like the... The story is basic. The story itself is just something that I've seen a thousand times before, and it's not really one that I enjoy and it's way too basic, where it's just the family tragedy has to learn to become a motherly role for a younger sibling who is always getting into trouble, always getting into shit, and even though the younger sibling is the catalyst that forces them to move forward it's just what it takes for them to get there is just kind of like jesus christ what are we doing here so awesome you're going to make me move forward by threatening to, by th- almost throwing yourself into a boiling pit to get me to move awesome cool nice appreciate it i understand that there is a huge moment that forces a character who's been stagnating through trauma and conflict all of their life and so it takes something extreme to get them to move again but it's just i i don't know it it was just i just don't like that story trope in particular so it didn't necessarily make me love it anymore either now through the middle of the pack we have the bandits of Golok, which was done by ADA pictures now they're interesting considering that they are an international studio with branches all across in between like toronto and mumbai and bangalore And so the majority of the stuff that they've got is their work that they've collaborated with Guillermo del Toro, which would be the Trollhunters. And sure, they did Spirit Untamed, but that's just beside the point. Since they're already good at marketing the majority of the products that they're not related with, such as Scoob, Tom & Jerry, uh, they do a lot of commercial and marketing work for a handful of other studios. And this one in particular, it's so close to In the Stars where you could basically call them interchangeable. Although something always gets me about a railroad chase. It's always an incredibly exciting stage for any kind of event to happen. Uh, but the Indian deity and character design that you end up getting to see throughout the entire of the series was incredibly unique as well as threatening and hopeful depending on what side of the force you were on. But it was fine. It, it, yeah, I don't know. There's not really a lot that I can say about this. Uh, but the perfectly mid-piece that I could say inside this entire anthology would probably go to Journey of the Dark Head, and that was done by Studio Mir, who most people would know for Legend of Korra, and the pieces that they ended up helping as background animation for the original Avatar The Last Bender, Airbender, considering a lot of the people who worked on that production ended up going through and founding Studio Mir. Now, based out of South Korea, they've also done animation work on Dota the Blood Prince, Voltron, and a handful of series... Seasons for Young Justice. And so 2D North American animation is definitely the majority of the stuff that they've put their hands into over the past 10 years. And I still need to see Legend of Korra, but it's such a mixed bag that everybody's been telling me that it's always been something that I've been holding off for unless there's nothing left inside of my backlog. But Journey to the Dark Head, still... It's... I don't know. It is a very basic Jedi, Sith... Uh, third-party story where it's just kind of like okay we need to go do this thing the jedi and the sith are going to have a fight while the person who isn't force sensitive is going to do something on the background although the history that is behind this girl is definitely interesting especially with how they're able to essentially read the future and try to understand and accept what is going to be happening later on especially with there is something that uh, nothing that (sighs) especially with how this is something inside of Star Wars that never gets touched upon ever, where it's always A or B. There is no room unless you decide to go from one side to the other side, where it's just, why can't there be a Jedi or a Sith that accepts both the light and the dark to become human, basically? A mixed bag, somebody who is trying to do good but struggling with the dark. It's something that would... Lean into a much better opportunity as a story, which is something that the Star Wars games have been doing a real good job at over the past decade or so. But it's something that I do want to see, where it's just how can you try to become a good person while dealing with the struggles and the dark side of you that always threatens to push you down a path that will just lead in anger, hatred, and tragedy. But of course, considering that it is a short episode, the scene itself doesn't really have a lot of time to address that but it is an idea that i want to see fleshed out in more depth in future star wars stories now for me this is probably just something that's a little more charming than anything else i am your mother <laughs> which is a very choice uh, title for this one which is done by Studio ardman and of course ardman english studio that they are they've done Wallace and gromit they've done sean the sheep they've done chicken run they've done a lot of claymation stop motion just a lot of Very unique pieces that have been able to push their studio to the forefront and be the best that they can be in that specific animation style for more than 20 years. And honestly, the old Wallace and Gromit stuff is something that I really need to go back and rewatch, especially the Curse of the Were-Rabbit movie that I really did enjoy as a kid, but I haven't had the opportunity to go back and rewatch it for a while. And so I Am Your Mother is definitely one of those that has that kind of sensibility inside of that Wallace and Gromit charm and feel to it. And it does a really good job with the race and the chaos that it's able to control towards the end of the series. And yeah, that's kind of like all I can do for it, where it's just an incredibly charming piece where, yes, it is tough to follow a group of teenagers, deal with their overly enigmatic and possessive parents, but you know what? With what they're able to accomplish inside of that rectangular prism of a ship that they have i don't know i really did enjoy the experience overall now the three episodes to me at the top are pretty interchangeable but they all excel in different varieties through different but they all excel in their own specific ways to make a unique and engaging experience So The Spy Dancer, done by La Chalette, is a French studio, and so they've done pieces of work on Primal, Kairos, and then not their first rodeo in terms of contributing to Anthology series, since they did an episode for Love, Death, and Robots. And The Spy Dancer honestly looks phenomenal. It's really weird whenever you go into an episode where the stormtroopers take off their helmets, considering that outside of the most recent trilogy when you get to see Finn go about his entire character arc and then probably get thrown away. Thanks, Disney. It was definitely kind of jarring to see so many troopers with so many helmets off. But what they're able to accomplish in this, not only through style and motion and through the rest of it, it had a really engaging story to tell even with the short amount of time that it was given. Especially with, like the rest of the best stuff that came out in the first season has more than enough of an open-ended story for you to be able to expand on anything inside of that universe. And something that is hinted and foreshadowed, but still revolves around a really good twist, it made me really enjoy everything that lined up throughout the majority of this episode. And seeing what they would be able to accomplish by expanding that story out to something bigger would honestly give me a lot of hope to see what they would be able to accomplish inside of that part of the Star Wars universe. And so a charming one to end off, and so a charming one to round off at episode 9, Ao's song is honestly same deal. It, was, it had the charm from I Am Your Mother, and it had the opportunity to expand on something which was an idea that I never really thought before. In the sense that I don't know the history and the lore behind Kyber Crystals, I don't know how much of it revolves around corruption, or if it's something that is just mined out that you can use inside of either small weapons like the lightsaber or pieces of mass destruction like the Death Star. But the idea that there is a race of people that can go and purify essences of kyber that have been going through a planet that has recently been ravaged by war but they've been able to recover but the lingering hatred and chaos that was scorching the planet through its run still remains and is sitting in the ground waiting to destroy anything it comes across that was honestly a really creative idea and i really did enjoy everything that goes around especially the felt yarn stop motion piece that you ended up getting to see inside this episode it was incredibly unique as well as having one of the like best vistas and i don't know if it was cg or matte paintings but this planet in particular is just so beautiful and so vertical it would be something that i would love to go and experience for myself but what they were able to do and with all the ideas and the set pieces and just A conflict that revolves around internal peace amongst yourself and the planet that you live on was honestly quite creative, engaging, and well thought out. And I really enjoyed every minute of this episode. So it was cool to see that going around. But to be fair, the one that I'm probably going to be a little biased towards at the end of all this is going to be Screecher's Reach, which, done by Cartoon Saloon, who is phenomenal and have not missed on, I don't think, any of the projects that they've done so far, as they're an Irish animation studio that has done stuff like Wolfwalkers, Secret of Kel, Song of the Sea. Most recently, they ended up doing a Netflix movie called My Father's Dragon, which was a little bit of a mixed bag, but mm, it was still enjoyable. That storybook aesthetic that they were able to meld towards a cramped industrial factory leading on to a The planes of the planet that would then stretch out into a terrifying and claustrophobic cave to go towards a creature that you assumed was not quite Sith but not quite human. And the fact that at the end of the day, this entire episode was a Sith test to go through to not only sweep up one of their failed comrades but to also have the opportunity to see if the girl that had been living out her entire life hoping for something more on this planet could overcome this trial and be able to achieve something greater and I just still adore the aesthetic that Cartoon Saloon is able to imbue in every single one of their projects but What they were able to accomplish in just such a short amount of time, especially with the vistas and the backgrounds and the planets and the moons that you're able to go and coalesce into this one incredibly compelling story towards the end, that's the kind of projects that you want to see going through, and they are the diamonds in the rough that you would find out of any anthology series. So I'd probably name that the second best, because even though there's quote-unquote not a lot of action even though there is a little bit of it towards the end it's not the action that is the one that is put front and center it is the conflict and the trial that must be overcome for a child to have the opportunity to leave the planet that she knows and everyone else that she has lived with and loved and just even like the jedi throw it all away and leave it all behind in order to go to the stars and search for something greater And showing that dichotomy between how similar yet different the trials are between the Jedi and the Sith, they are not as different as you would expect. And the same deal, I want to see those kinds of stories and those kinds of avenues explored more because the gray middle ground that has been seeping throughout the galaxy through the thousands and thousands upon years and lore that has built up inside of this universe, I'm glad to at that point there is just so many stories that have the opportunity to be told. Okay, maybe I'll do some anime next week. I apologize for the rest of it. No more Star Wars content for the next good while. I promise. Cheers, have a good one.